What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Monday. You know, it's a fine day outside. There's a little rain, but who cares? We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. But as always, the drink of the day is a $10 cab from Trader Joe's. Yeah, sometimes I like to get a little cheap with it, get something nice and uh, light uh, for both my pockets and my palate. Uh, But anyway, let's get down to business. So we had our first bout in the Bellator Light Heavyweight Grand Prix uh, this past weekend, Ryan Bader, uh, the former champ champ in Bellator, he dominated Leota Machada almost 10 years after their, their initial bout in the UFC. And uh, it was nice to see that just because uh, he previously lost to uh, Vadim, Nem- Vadim Nemkov uh, earlier or earlier last year. So it, it was a good comeback for him. Uh, it was a nice fight. I'm expecting to see uh, you see some good stuff in the next round. Um, Leota Machada, I mean, he's on the older side, so I'm not going to put too much like stock into this specific victory. Uh, he's still obviously a fine fighter, uh, huge name, uh, big fan base, but you know, this was Ryan Bader's fight to lose and, uh, he didn't. So he went out there, handled business, got the thing out of the way and, uh, we'll move on to the next, he'll move on to the next round. Now, in terms of what we have to look forward to for the rest of the tournament, we have uh, Vadim Nemkov, uh, who we just mentioned, uh, the current champion. He's going to be rematching Phil Davis. That's going to be a nice fight. I'm, I'm expecting Nemkov to win. Uh, I'm sure most people are expecting Nemkov to win. He's a, he's a pretty big favorite right now. Now, uh, I think uh, I think a, a lot of people, if you give them true serum within Bellator, they're, they're kind of hoping to get a Bader versus Nemkov rematch at some point in this tournament. So a lot of eyes will be on that on that fight this this coming weekend, and uh, also on that card we also have Corey Anderson versus uh, uh, Yashi Murdov. So that's going to be a good fight. Honestly, I don't know what to expect out of that. Uh, Corey Anderson is a fine fighter, obviously, but um, I don't know. I I just don't know where he's at at this point in his career. Uh, we'll, we'll but we'll find out. That's the great thing about this sport. Uh, we'll, we're, we'll damn sure find out. Now, of course, the, the bout that everyone is truly waiting for, which won't happen until early May, is uh, Yoel Romero versus Anthony Rumble Johnson, two uh, UFC stars that have made their way into Bellator. Uh, surprisingly, not that high on the favorites list or, or the betting odds for uh, this coming fight, I mean this coming uh, tournament. Um, Yoel Romero is uh, the current favorite for uh, this matchup with Anthony Rumble Johnson. Bellator wasn't fucking around. They want them to go out there and face each other in the first round just to not risk a loss ahead of time because they know a lot of eyes will be on that fight. Uh, if I, In my heart of hearts, uh, I want Anthony Rumble Johnson to win. Big fan of his. Uh, I love his power. I love his strength. Uh, I think uh, he'd bring a lot of excitement into Bellator. Uh, not that they necessarily need it. They have a, a pretty loyal fan base, but... You know, he, he's a, a very exciting guy. And uh, this fight with Yoel Romero will be interesting. Uh, Yoel Romero, of course, uh, he's a little more elusive. So it's it's going to be a little uh, style, uh, a battle of different stylistics. Uh, and we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I'm hoping for Anthony Rumble Johnson. I, I'm sure most MMA fans are hoping for Anthony Rumble Johnson. And uh, we'll see if that comeback uh, was put into good use. Also on that card in May, we have Valerie Loretta's return. Surprisingly, she's going to be the first bout um, on the prelims. Now, if I was Bellator, man, I would I would put her up a little higher, honestly. 
Um, I would honestly add an extra fight to the main card and throw her on there. Uh, the amount of uh, exposure she's been getting uh, on social media uh, is, is crazy, man. And uh, if she keeps up what she's doing, she handles business like she like we all expect her to, she's going to be that next star. And I think they're missing a great opportunity. There's going to be a lot of eyes on Yoel Romero versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. So... If I would have just put her up on that main card. Uh, even if she, you know, you can make an argument she doesn't deserve it. She only has three professional fights, but, oh man, I, I just don't see how you pass up that opportunity, especially when uh, she's done so well on her own to build her namesake. I just I just don't see how you uh, fumble the bag like that. But uh, we'll, we'll see what she's got. I mean, I'm expecting a victory. I know a lot of people are, and uh, I'm, I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for her big time. Now, to hop over to boxing for a bit, this past weekend we had Joe Smith Jr., the light heavyweight from Staten Island. Uh, he fought <clears throat> Nemkov, and, uh, or Vol- Volkov, and uh, he won that fight uh, by way of majority decision. His strength was uh, cl- clearly present. That was the difference in the fight, although uh, it was a minor difference in terms of uh, how the fight ended. Um, it was very close. But uh, you know he got he got got it done, and I'm I'm happy to see it. I know a lot of boxing fans are happy to see it. He's the classic uh, blue collar guy, so people love to see that. People love to see a guy go out there that they can relate to, a guy reach the heights of world champion. There's just nothing more you can say about that man. It, it was a good watch. It was a good watch. Now he set him up. He set himself up perfectly for a unification with Archer Betterbeev. Um, who also uh, fights on ESPN. Bob Arum has been very vocal about this possibility, and we're going to get that pretty soon, um, assuming no one gets sick, no one gets hurt, blah, 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 so on and so forth. I'm expecting to see a nice fight, but, uh, of course, Better Beav is likely going to come out victorious. He's won every fight by way of knockout. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. has power that can uh, at least keep Better Beav honest, for the few uh, for the few rounds in the beginning of the fight, but Better Beef just has that technical skill that I don't think uh, Joe Smith Jr. is going to be able to handle. He's another beast. Now, <clears throat> that of course isn't the fight that everyone truly wants to see in the division. I know we've mentioned countless times, both on the site, in writing, and on the pod, but the fight everyone wants to see truly is Better Beef uh, versus Dimitri Bivol. Now, Bivol's returning... Uh, May 1st, uh, you know, based on how that fight's coming around uh, in early May, and we're probably going to see Joe Smith Jr. versus Archer Betterbeev at the earliest late June, probably July, possibly August, just the way uh, Betterbeev has scheduled his uh, fights in the past. He hasn't been the most active fighter in the world. So just based on the scheduling, I mean, it doesn't seem like Betterbeev versus Bivol is all that likely to happen uh, by the end of the calendar year. Just the way the fights match up with each other in terms of dates, I just don't see that being a possibility. Possibly it could happen in December, assuming both are victorious in their next bouts. But I don't know. I just think the way the industry maneuvers uh, in terms of you know, politics of boxing, uh, different promoters, different networks, uh, especially with uh, the scheduling conflict, I just don't see how they're going to juggle all of those uh, issues and resolve that in time to finish by the end of 2020. 
Now, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Dimitri Bivol, of course, fights on DAZN. Canelo Alvarez has fought on DAZN for his past few fights, has a good relationship with Eddie Hearn. Uh, say, for instance, Canelo wins his fights uh, to become undisputed at 168. I mean, Eddie Hearn will probably whisper to him that uh, Bivol's an option if he wants to move back up to 175. I don't see that happening personally, but uh, that's something that Eddie Hearn will probably push for it the slightest, with the slightest bit of chance. Now, just by even pushing that, though, that's, that's what's going to make getting a better B fight even harder. Uh, Bivol, of course, would much rather fight, face Canelo, as anyone would in the world, because that's going to be the biggest paycheck. Now, if you, had, if you dangle that little carrot in front of him, even if that carrot is being dangled much further away from his face than the better beef carrot would be, there's still going to be a lack of complete concentration on better beef, um, especially from his management side of th- things. It's, I don't know. It's just going to create a, a, a few issues, but hopefully we'll see that by uh, early next year. I'll have the slightest hope it happens by the end of 2020, but just the way the scheduling's working out, I just don't see it being a possibility. Now, let's. what other stuff do we got going on? Well, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren are fighting this weekend. Of course, Jake Paul, the YouTuber who's maneuvered over to boxing. Ben Askren, the ex-MMA fighter. Very, very good fighter. Um, big following. A lot of people respect him on social media. A lot of people, uh, you know, they make memes about him too, just by the way his fight finished against Jorge Masvidal with the knee to the face, the quickest standing uh, in UFC history. But this is going to be a nice fight. It'll be a good, uh, <clears throat> it'll be a good uh, barometer for the impact sideshow events have on the industry. It's going to be very clear. Uh, of course, there's going to be a nice fight on the undercard, Radchek versus uh, Proga, but... Man, I don't know. Everyone everyone who's tuning into this and is paying money to see this is clearly paying to see Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. So we're going to get a true a true uh, barometer for these types of fights because, of course, he fought on the undercard of the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. And, um, you know, that had, what, 1.6 million buys? Very nice, very nice. But... We're going to see the difference, so you'll be able to take whatever buys we get from this fight, subtract it from that fight, and potentially see the impact that he had on the total purchases for the fight before. Of course, it won't be a true science, just because there's going to be a lot of overlap. Like, say, someone who's willing to pay for a Jake Paul fight would, of course, likely be interested in purchasing a Mike Tyson fight, assuming they're mutually exclusive. Of course, they weren't because they were on the same card, but just go go along with this for a minute. Um, but we'll at least get a true sense where, where he is at. I'm, I'm hoping Jake Paul is victorious. Um, ben Askren, I mean, he's not known to be a striker. He's more of a wrestler, of course. That's his background. Uh, but, of course, he has the stamina. He has a ring generalship that uh, Jake Paul just doesn't have naturally. He's been working hard, but <clears throat> that's something that's not going to come to him second nature once you get hit in the face, you know? It's not something that he can resort to when he's tired, when he's exhausted, when his head's a little daisy, uh, which, of course, Ben Askren could just because he's been training his whole life um, in combat sports. But I'm hoping Jake Paul's victorious. 
I want to see him succeed. Uh, I really appreciate guys that step into the ring, especially uh, this late in life. Um, of course, he's very young, but in terms of uh, just training to be a professional athlete, um, I know a lot of people would put quotations on professional, but fuck it, man. He's going out there. He's making money. He's headlining a pay-per-view. No other way to cut it. Now, I'm hoping he's victorious, and I want to see big things from him, man. I'm really rooting for him. In terms of other sideshow events, uh, it's been rumored that Floyd Mayweather may take on Henry Triple C Cejudo uh, in a boxing match. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, of course, we saw uh, Floyd Mayweather taking a picture with Dana White and also the president of uh, Risen. Um, but, I don't know, Floyd Mayweather does that type of thing all the time where he takes pictures with people. He throws out various fights that he's rumored to be uh, focused on. And a lot of times it, it hasn't happened, you know, since he's been uh, retired. But, I don't know, this one I think could gain a little momentum. Henry Cejudo's retired from the UFC, uh, but he still, uh, of course, is uh, contractually tied to the UFC. So Dana White's going to be more likely to get him a fight in the boxing ring than he would for, say, a Nate Diaz or a Dustin Poirier or uh, whomever. Or him as well. He's gonna be more likely to get someone who isn't gonna make him money in the in the cage anyway. Probably make more money in boxing because it's gonna be against Floyd Mayweather. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Honestly, I'd love to see it. Why not? Who cares? I'm a big Mayweather fan. I was a huge fan of his uh, growing up, and uh, I think it would be pretty interesting. Of course, he's gonna if that fight takes ha- if that fight happens, he's for sure gonna win. Um, no doubts in my mind. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I want to see it. That's that's no other way to cut it. In terms of other rumors out there, of course, uh, we're still waiting to hear if that Manny Pacquiao versus Terrence Crawford fight it becomes a reality. I'm getting some doubts just about how slow the process is moving along. Uh, it kind of came uh, not necessarily out of nowhere. That's something that's been a fight that's at least been mentioned by the promoters, specifically Bob Arum, for years. Um, and Terrence Crawford's team, his, you know, the people in his corner. It's been mentioned for a very long time, but never really with any weight. Not really where it ever seemed like it was about to be signed. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, it, it seemed pretty pretty close to getting, being a done deal. Now, we'll see if it actually happens. Um, you know, it's interesting to note that Mayweather, you know, at his age, <clears throat> which is what, two years older than Pacquiao? He's looking to fight guys like Henry Cejudo and what would be an exhibition, uh, whereas Manny Pacquiao, two years younger, yes, but still very, very ripe age of 42 years old. He's looking to fight Terrence Crawford, arguably the number two or number three pound-for-pound fighter in the world now. Whether uh, that's going to make a difference in terms of historical standing, even though Manny Pacquiao lost a clear decision to Mayweather, Boxing historians later on in life are going to look back and see, and see the difference in resume. They're going to see Mayweather finishing his career with an Andre Berto, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, Tenshin Nasuaka, uh, Henry Cejudo, if it happens. Potentially other YouTubers like Logan Paul, if that happens. Whereas Manny Pacquiao on the other side of things, finishing with uh, Keith Thurman, former champion, or was a champion at the time, actually. And Terrence Crawford, current champion, current top three at the very least pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. If he takes on that fight, that'd be a huge feather in his cap, man. And uh, I don't see how anyone could not have respect for him if, if he goes along with that fight. Uh, I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping it happens, because why not? Um, 
I want to see one last hurrah for Manny Pacquiao. I don't think he's the type of guy that is going to be willing to go out there with, uh, I don't want to say a nobody, but, you know, a sure victory or at least someone who's more closely aligned to that sure side of things. I don't think he, he's going to be that type of guy to finish his career that way. He's going to shoot for the stars. He wants one more big win. He wants to put a stamp on his career. And uh, I think in his heart of hearts, he thinks he could beat this guy. Uh, he's got the speed. He's a lefty. He's got a lot of power. He's got the smarts. Terrence Crawford, of course, is, is faster than him too, probably at this age. Uh, he's a southpaw, but he's a switch hitter, so that might give Manny Pacquiao some problems. Uh, Manny Pacquiao is the type of guy who has a lot of movement, head movement, feet movement, waist movement. He's going to be able to uh, offset some of that. So we'll see what happens. I'll, I would love to see it, and, um, you know, only time will tell. Now, in terms of other stuff that's going on in the industry, Juan Manuel Marquez and Miguel Cotto exhibition in June. Wow. Um, this was a fight that was actually rumored to be an actual bout, I want to say, like three, four years ago. Um, didn't It didn't happen. Um, and I think uh, that left a lot of uh, sour taste in both of these men. And uh, they've seen the way... Uh, Fighters have been maneuvering lately, um, coming out of retirement for these exhibition bouts. They're making real money, legitimate money. The fans love to see them just because like, their favorite guys are out there. I think they're seeing that like happen, and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go out there and get this done. Let's get this money. Um, let's see who the better man is. Now, they're going to have some special rules. It's going to be uh, eight two-minute rounds with 14-ounce gloves. So... Based off that, the 14-ounce glove, that pretty much tells you that uh, the speed of Juan Manuel Marquez, his hand speed is going to be compromised a little bit. I mean, who knows what his hand speed is at like these days, given that he's 47 years old. Uh, but Miguel Cotto, he's more of a, a hooker, and he's going to come in and uh, come at you, drop his head down a little bit, and just try to come towards you with, uh, with a few hooks. Whereas my Juan Manuel Marquez is usually is the is a counterpuncher. He's gonna be more methodical. He's gonna wait, be patient, fight with intelligence, as he always says, and uh, he's gonna look to to jab and throw some right straights when uh, when you're coming in for the kill. So it's gonna be an interesting fight. I'm I'm excited to see it. You got the whole Mexican versus Puerto Rican rivalry, huge fan bases, Hall of Fame fighters. What what more can you say, man? Um, I'm, I was a big fan of both these guys. Uh, I, I love that they're coming back for it. I love it. Um, I, don't, I know there's a lot of people that have no interest in this, but no, I, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. So I would say in a perfect world, no matter what happens with the Manny Pacquiao versus Terrence Crawford fight, I assume... <sighs> Yeah, I assume uh, Terrence Crawford would be victorious, but I'm 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 shooting for uh, Manny Pacquiao, man. Um, I want him to win this fight badly. If it gets signed, man, I, w- I want this fight badly. So, if he isn't victorious, which I mean, a lot of people would assume, just given his age, given where Terrence Crawford's at in his career, if he's not victorious and he's left um, on the sidelines, uh, seeing that. You know, he's probably going to be running for president in the near future. 
Um, probably doesn't want to end his career uh, on a loss at that point if it happens. In a perfect world, I think if Juan Manuel Marquez looks good, feels good, is able to defeat Miguel Cotto in his exhibition, in a perfect world, I can see Manny Pacquiao versus Juan Manuel Marquez 5 happening. Um, be a nice send-off for both these guys. There's been some, I don't want to say uh, unfinished business, but, you know, um, Manny Pacquiao, as controversial as the, the, fight, the first three fights were against Juan Manuel Marquez, he never had to give him an, uh, another fight. And he did. He gave him that fourth fight. Got laid out on his face. Um, props to Juan Manuel Marquez. That was honestly one of the most iconic knockouts of all time. Um, one of the most exciting fights I've ever seen. Uh, but, man, I don't know. I, I would love to see a fifth one. I don't care. Um, I know a lot of people would just not want to add another chapter to something um, that essentially is perfect, man. It was a perfect story. Uh, first bout was a was a draw after Juan Manuel Marquez was dropped, what, three, four times early on in the fight. Somehow came back to even it up because uh, his boxing ability at that point in time was, was just better. Uh, and Juan Manuel Marquez went on to lose the second and third fight. A lot of people thought he could have had both of them, should have gotten both of them. Uh, but Manny Pacquiao got the decision in those. And then finish it up, Manny Pacquiao gets laid out on his ass. Or not his ass, his face, actually. He was knocked out cold. Walked right into the punch he didn't see coming. And uh, that was all she wrote. Now, that's a perfect story. But, you know, I'm greedy. I want to see more. And uh, if you find them uh, lining up after, uh, you know, a potential loss, or even a potential victory. Manny Pacquiao could win his ter- the fight against Terrence Crawford, and instead of walking away, he gets thrown a lot of cash to get a fight with Juan Manuel Marquez, who clearly um, has come back uh, against his word where he said he would never fight again. He already broke that right now by announcing that he's fighting Miguel Cotto. Why not get this done? At that point, if he doesn't fight him, it, it would honestly truly be one of those situations where he just does not fuck with this guy, and he's like, you know what? I got screwed over by you twice, potentially three times. I feel like I won that first one, even though I got knocked down all those times. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give you another shot. Um, thank you for giving me my shots in the past, but when push comes to shove, um, there's only one clear victory out of our uh, quartet, and that was mine. Now, I'm I'm hoping to see it. You know, if fate brings us there, I'm all for it. But we have a lot of good stuff to look look up to. Of course, uh, I didn't even mention Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Who cares, honestly? Uh, of course I'll watch it. I mean, that's the golden boy. Huge star. Um, I don't know who he's going to face, but, you know, I'll, I'll tune in. Uh, Marcos Maidana is rumored to be coming back um, pretty soon in the next month or two. Who knows if this will actually happen because it's been rumored he's been coming back for, what, a year and a half, two years by now? Um, But if he does, I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I was a big fan of his, too. He was very exciting. Uh, I thought a lot of people um, were underestimating him going into uh, the Mayweather bout. Of course, I didn't think he was going to win, but I think a lot of people didn't realize that he was the type of guy who 
had the type of style, aka not really much of a style other than putting his head down, coming at you, and just going for it, gunning for it, throwing as many punches as he can, trying to get them in wherever he can. That's the type of guy who is going to have as much success as possible against a guy like Floyd Mayweather. You come at, it's like in chess, man. Um, you you fight or you you play chess against a guy with a, a strict French defense, and uh, you just you know come at him with a, a traditional offensive attack. Yeah, you're not going to really get much done because the French defense is set up for you to lay yourself into traps. Now, with uh, Marcos Maidana, he's coming at you with pawn all the way to the left, getting his uh, rook out as soon as possible, putting his queen out there, throwing his knight in your face. You know, he's he's getting everything done out in the open. Um, you can't really expect um, what's going to happen next because he doesn't really come with any set combinations. He's just coming to get you, and uh, he's coming with whatever feels comfortable. Now, of course, who knows what he's going to look like at this point of his career after he gained all that weight, lost it all, has been put on the sidelines, uh, because of the pandemic, um, or at least I'm going to assume, um, I'm going to give him benefit of doubt and assume that's why we didn't see him last year. Of course, a lot of people weren't fighting last year, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him that assumption. But we see him in the ring, I'm all for it, man. I, I, I love it when people make money, and I was a big fan of his. I know he has a, a large fan base. Those Argentinians, diehards, man. They're going to tune in and support him. I'm all for it, man. All for it. Now, there's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff uh, going on in boxing. A lot of good young fighters, man. And um, some established stars. And then you have the old heads coming out of retirement. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff going on. Of course, the UFC is probably a little healthier at the moment, just in terms of uh, continuity, getting fights signed, sealed, and delivered putting on a great show week in and week out on ESPN. And uh, they're doing well. They're doing very well promoting themselves. But overall, man, the combat sports world is thriving, um, and I'm all for it, man. And I know you guys are all for it, too. That's all, that's all we got for today. You know, it was a quick one. Um, as always, I appreciate y'all checking out the site, keeping up with thebadpromoter.com. Keep listening to the podcast. Keep following us on social media at The Bad Promoter on Twitter and Instagram. We have a lot of good stuff coming up, and uh, let's get it.